Welcome to Restoration Church. At Restoration, we focus on reaching the lost, reviving their lives with the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, and restoring hearts, minds, relationships through the power of the gospel. We are a church equipping and empowering the body of Christ to reach their full potential in Christ. We are led by Pastor Rex and Jennifer Hare. We hope you are encouraged by this morning's sermon. to you last week. Anybody remember who we preached about last week? Gideon. We talked about Gideon last week, and we talked about uh, how God called Gideon out of a difficult place in his life, a very difficult place. And how many know that life is full of ups and downs? Come on. Things are good one day, and it could be bad the next day. Jesus had something to say about days. He said, don't worry about tomorrow. Because today I have enough things to worry about today. So I think with what's been going on around us, I, I want to share to you with you about three more people. That how many of us know that an angel of the Lord right come and spoke to Gideon right in the Old Testament, and he called Gideon. Gideon was in a little recap, a little two second recap here, a twenty second recap. Gideon was in a wine press threshing out wheat. The children of Israel were in, uh, being being attacked constantly by the Midianites. And the Lord called Gideon out and called him and told him to come up out of the wine press to stand up, mighty man of, of valor, and be counted. In other words, he spoke to Gideon in his difficult place. How many has ever been some, through some difficult times? Either the word of the Lord at church or some individual or God intimately spoke to you yeah. and spoke to you and spoke favor and, 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 and declared something in your life. And I want to just talk, talk to us today about the unlikely. It's going to be in unlikely places. How many of us know that God uses unlikely people? He does. He uses unlikely people. You said, well, Pastor, there's unlikely people that God used. God used the Apostle Paul, who was known as Saul of Tarsus, who was a persecutor of the church. Remember them? And he converted him on the road to Damascus, and he was saved, and he wrote, after his conversion, and filled with the Spirit of God, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. That's an unlikely person. How many of us remember Rahab the harlot, who was a prostitute, and God used her to save the whole nation of Israel because of her obedience? And you say, well, Pastor, why are you saying all that? There's many people under the sound of my voice today. You feel like that you're one of those people that are unlikely for God to use. But can I tell you, if you're breathing today, and you're alive today, and you're under the sound of my voice you are likely to be used by God if you allow God to do that. You are one of the ones. You say, well, Pastor, what does that mean to me? I want to talk to you about three people that God spoke to. This is Christmas season, and none of y'all thought y'all was going to get away with me preaching without sharing about the Christmas season. I'm going to talk to you about three people today. We're going to be reading out of Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 today. And we're going to be talking about the angel of the Lord appearing to two more individuals. All right, we talked about Gideon last week. Today we're going to talk about three individuals who had a promise for the Lord, from the Lord. The main thing that I want us to really focus on today is not the promises that these three individuals received from God in, in, in the way of an angel. The angel Gabriel appeared to these three individuals and spoke to them and gave them a prophetic promise of God. But I want you to look at their reaction to the promise. How many of us know that your reaction to a situation in life 
will affect you. Come on. How you react. How many of us remember that, that in science they used to talk about for every reaction, there's an equal and opposite reaction. For every action, there's an equal and op opposite what? Reaction. Me and David was talking about Alabama and LSU, and I'm glad Brian, maybe Brian's listening today. We was talking about Alabama and LSU last night. LSU looked really slow because Alabama's really good. Amen? <laughs> Amen. That's the reason they look really slow. But the bottom line is, if, if you've ever played any sports, how many of us know that seniors play better than freshmen? Because they know what to do. They know how to react. They, they've seen a lot of work. They've seen a lot of situations. So the bottom line for us as Christians, how many of us know that how we react to situations really affects our lives. You say, well, Pastor, show me. I'm going to show you three individuals that how they reacted made a big impact on their life and their future. All right, Luke. Let's go read in Luke chapter 1, verse 11. The angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. Now, this is Zechariah. God speaking to Zechariah, the prophet, uh, or the priest, I should say. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. Now, where did the angel of the Lord appear to Zechariah at? In front of the altar of incense. Zechariah was a priest. Little, little uh, history on Zechariah. Zechariah was a priest, and his job was to go into the Holy of Holies and offer praise to the Lord. So the angel of the Lord appears to Zechariah as he's offering uh, 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 burning incense at the altar. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, the angel Lord said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you are to give him his name, John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or fermented, fermented drink, and be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will be back to back to the Lord. He will, many of the people of Israel will be brought back to the Lord, your God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. In verse 18, Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. And the angel appeared an answer to Gabriel. I answer, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak in, to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent, and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, and will come, which will come true at the proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had saw a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained, remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant for five months, remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. And in the sixth month, God has sent an angel to Gabriel, the angel Gabriel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. All right, we're going to stop right there. Stretch your hands this way and ask God to bless us in anointing, for the anointing, preaching, and teaching of the word. Father, we love you. 
We honor you. We thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that your word is real. It's more sharper and more powerful than any double-edged sword. And I pray, God, that you would anoint our not only our, our hearts and our the spirits to speak through through you, speaking through us today, God, but you pray, we pray that you would touch your people and you would anoint our ears to hear and let us be changed and challenged by your word. In Jesus' mighty name we ask it. And all the church said amen, amen. and amen. Amen. Now the angel of the Lord appears to Zechariah. He's a priest. He's doing what God's called him to do, to serve uh, the Lord in the temple. Now Zechariah and his wife are old, which means what? What does that mean for older people? Do you see a lot of older people having children? You know, it was known that, that uh, Elizabeth was past childbearing age. But the angel of the Lord appeared to Zechariah in front of the altar. Think about it. Go with me for a moment. He appeared, the angel of Gabriel appeared to Zechariah in front of the altar of incense. So the, the significance of God, him sending the messenger, everybody knows, everybody knows pretty much that Gabriel is the messenger angel, right? Yeah. That's, what, that's who he is. Yeah. So he sends him there in the altar while Zechariah is going about his business and he tells him, you're going to have a son. And you're going to name him John. And he's going to be great. And he's going to prepare the way of the Lord. So John was a cousin, of course, to Jesus. Uh, Mary and Elizabeth were cousins. We're going to go a little farther a little later on. But the Lord promised us to him a son. And what did Zechariah do? Zechariah asked the question after the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, How can we have a child because me and my wife are too old, basically? And I'm paraphrasing. How? Then the angel Gabriel says, okay, because first of all, Gabriel kind of puffs up a little bit. And everybody ever heard of an arrogant angel? He's not. But Gabriel had an authority. Gabriel said, okay, I stand in the presence of God every day. What I'm telling you is going to happen is going to happen. In other words, you can take it to the bank. You can go cash it if you want to. You're going to have a son and Naming John. But because you didn't believe me and you doubted me, you're not going to be able to speak. Now, I know a lot of you women are wishing that God would speak to your husband, right? So he wouldn't be able to speak. That means you'd have to get pregnant and have a child, okay? So Gabriel tells uh, Zechariah, okay, to prove to you that what I'm telling you is true, you're not going to be able to speak until your son gets here. Now, we know Zechariah goes home, Elizabeth becomes pregnant. She puts herself in seclusion for five months. At the sixth month of her pregnancy, the, the angel Gabriel goes to another woman named Mary, and he tells her, you're going to have Jesus, the Son of God. And not only that, and Mary was betrothed or promised or engaged to a man named Joseph. Anybody know the significance of Joseph? Joseph was from the lineage of who? David. And she was betrothed to him, which means she was promised in Jewish culture, which means they haven't come together intimately yet, which means she was a virgin, which means she didn't have a child. She didn't have a child without a man being present. So she asked the question, and I'm paraphrasing here for the sake of time, how can this be that I become present when Gabriel speaks to Mary, being that I know not a man? And he says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And you will conceive a child. His name will be Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. 
Now hear me today. Zacharias reply to the angel Gabriel speaking to him about what would happen to him was that. Hear what I'm saying today, church. The Holy Spirit, even now, is speaking to us as individuals as the church. You saw a pastor? I, I, I haven't heard God speak to me lately. You don't want to know why? If we're not hearing God speaking to us lately, because we're not picking this up. Can I preach a little bit right here? Zechariah was a priest. He worked, his job was to work as a priest in the temple. So Zechariah is standing before the, the, the altar of God, making a, being a part of the act of worship in those days. And the angel of the Lord appears to him and gives him a word and says, Zechariah, your wife's going to become pregnant and you're going to have a son and you're going to name him John. Now this is totally going against the culture that day. Because what happened to a child in that day if, they, if a woman become pregnant, they named that child after who? They were supposed to name that child Zechariah, right? Because they named that child after their father or somebody in their family. How many has ever seen that happen? I just know Boyd and Jordan's going to name their granddaddy Little Rex. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm not even going to my middle name. We're not even going to go there. But it was culturally sound for them. That was what they did. They named him. So Zachariah's thinking, I'm going to have a little Zachariah. And then the angel of the Lord says, Gabriel says, no, you're going to have a son and you're going to name him John. And he's going to prepare the way of the Lord. And he's going to be great. And he's not to touch an alcoholic drink. He's not to do certain things because he's going to be a prophet. Now listen to me, church. The, the Spirit of the Lord, even in these days, y'all hear what I'm saying today, is speaking to the church. But you can't get in the presence of God if you don't open up the book of God. And you can't hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church if you're not studying it. I had somebody to tell me the other day, well, pastor, I don't understand the Word of God. The Word of God is not just meant to be read. It's meant to be studied. And it's meant to be prayed over. And you say, well, what does that have to do with Zechariah? Zechariah doubted. He said, how can this be that I'm old and my wife is old and she's past childbearing age? Then the angel said, I'll tell you what. I'm going to prove you a point. How many know that Gideon asked the Lord to prove to him? Remember Gideon's story? He says, if you do this, okay, I want you to make the fleece dry one time. And I want you to make the fleece. Didn't Gideon do that? But Zechariah was in a position to have a child that was going to make the way for the Lord to come. He was going to prepare the way for Jesus to come. And Zechariah does what? Something that we as Christians do. What? Bow. Bow. Can I tell you today what's in this book is going to take place? 30% of this book is prophecy. It's going to happen. Much of it has happened. You say, well, Pastor, what does that mean to me? There's over 88 promises in this book that Jesus Christ died for you to have. Come on, church. And he is promising Zechariah something. You say, well, Pastor, what's the significance of Zechariah and Elizabeth's life? I'm glad you asked. We're going to answer that question. Zechariah had doubted. The Lord wouldn't allow him to speak. Could you imagine what the people thought when Zechariah comes out the temple? And he's over there making sign language and can't talk. And he's a priest. Priests and preachers are known for what? What would y'all do if I come in here one Sunday and I'm over here going? Y'all think I've lost my mind. So people come out 
He comes out of the temple and people think he's lost his mind. But the Bible says that they knew that he had saw a vision because he was trying to show them what was going on. But he wasn't able to speak. Let me tell you something, church. A lot of times, spiritually, God will shut us up until we, until we start believing what his word says. He will close your spirit off until you start believing, thus saith the word of the Lord. The Bible says that the word of God is more quicker and more powerful and more sharper than a two-edged sword. It cuts through the innermost. You say, well, Pastor, the reason I don't witness people because I'm not a good witness. And all you need to do is learn some scripture and start sharing those scriptures. And the Holy Spirit's already on those scriptures and it's going to reach people. Because the Bible says the word of God will not return void. Isn't that right? So Zachariah's there doing his sign language and they think he's crazy. But they also understand that he's been in the presence of God because he's been where? By the altar. Can I tell you today, the more time you spend in prayer, people are going to know you've been in the presence of God because you've been in an altar. Amen. Zachariah had been in there and Zachariah doubted God and couldn't talk. He goes home. Could you imagine the joy that his wife had, David, when he went home and he couldn't talk? Now, I don't know about Elizabeth. I don't know her that well, but I know if I go home one day and I can't talk, my wife is super excited. She is, well, she's going to be excited because she knows that I can talk. So you know what she's going to do if I can't talk? She's going to find out, number one, what's wrong with me, but number two, she's going to slide up to more Hallmark movies and enjoy Christmas Hallmark movies. Because <laughs> I'm not going to be watching the ESPN or whatever, the fishing channel. I get kicked out of my, my, my house all the time, Brother Keith, because I like watching the outdoor and the fishing channel, right? Had work making me a better fisherman. I still can't fish. But I like watching these guys catch fish. My wife asked me, when Jennifer asked me all the time, and this is a little footnote for somebody. She asked me all the time, have you become a better fisherman? I said, no, but aren't these guys doing a really good job? So the bottom line is, Zechariah goes home, Elizabeth conceives a child, and something happens when the angel, when, when Elizabeth conceives a child. Elizabeth's reply is worship, not that. She says, the Lord has removed my shame from me by giving me a child. Because in that culture, if you were a woman and you couldn't have a child, you were considered shame. Am I right? You were considered, if you were barren and couldn't have children, you were considered shame. And this is a priest's wife. And she can't have a child. Here's Zechariah proclaiming the word of the Lord and minister to God in the temple and his wife can't have a child. But the angel of the Lord says, Zechariah, God has heard your prayer. Now how many of us are praying for something and we haven't seen God answer that prayer yet? Come on. Anybody besides me? You haven't seen God answer that prayer yet. But how many of us know you may be right at the edge of the altar where God's about to give you your miracle? And you say, well, Pastor... What do you mean by that? A lot of times, God, we pray prayers, and God answers not the way we want him to do, but the way he sees best. Yeah. So, Zechariah, God has heard your prayer. It also said in the first few verses of Luke, it said also that the Lord, that the Lord had honored them because they were righteous and upright people, and they obeyed the word of the Lord. Let me preach a little bit right here. There's no substitute for obeying God. If I want God's blessing, favor, and anointing on my life, I need to learn to live by the word of God. We can't just take and pick and choose what we want to live by. 
You know, I've had people to try to argue with me about versions and books of the Bible before the Bible says don't add to and take away. You know what scripture says? I've had people tell me, well, pastor, because you preach out of this version, you're preaching heresy. I've heard this before. Can I tell you something today for all of us that are hung up on stuff like that? All the Bible is an interpretation of the Hebrew and Greek. We need to quit worrying about that and we need to start gleaning from the word and hearing what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us through the word of God. And quit worrying about things like that. So Zechariah was a man who had a promise from God to be able to have a son and his wife began to worship. So what's the difference between Zechariah's response and his wife Elizabeth's response? Elizabeth's response, Zechariah's response, even though he's a priest. I'm going to help some of y'all. Preachers have bad days too. Yeah. Amen. There's been promises, Miss Marianne, that God's made to me. And I said, God, how can this be? Yeah. How you going to do it? I, just, I don't know how you're going to do it. And God don't need me to understand how to do it. He just needs me to believe that he's going to do it. Amen. And you say, well, Pastor, how do I believe? Listen, the Bible says in the beginning the Word was with God, the Word was, was, was God, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So all this from the beginning. God created us to do what? What do we all do? Speak, right? All of us can talk. So our words have power. You say, well, Pastor, what do you do when God gives you a promise in the Word, or God can send the Holy Spirit to speak to you through the Word, or God can send an individual to speak prophetically to you? That's the reason the Bible says, don't despise the prophets. Isn't that what Scripture says? So the prophets are still speaking. So what is our response when God makes a promise, especially if it's in the Word of God? Let it be, Lord, what you said. Let it be to me what you said. So Zechariah doubts. He can't talk for a while. And then Elizabeth believes and she rejoices. Perspective. God gives us promises every day. Did some research on this. Over 8,800 promises in this book. We just need to believe them. 8,800. My dad would always say, no matter how many times I read through this book, I find something new and refreshing and convicting in it. I find something new in the word every time I read it. Hear me today, church. God is going to have a church in these last days. And he's going to speak to his church. He's going to speak through the signs and the wonders and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But the main way that God is going to speak in these last days is through this book right here. It's always been, and it always will be. You say, well, how did God speak in the, in the New Testament times? Apostle, through the prophets, through the, through the apostles. They were touched by the Holy Spirit, and God spoke through them. Now let's go back to Mary, the third person. And y'all thought I was going to be long today. I'm just getting started. I'm just joking with you. I did fake a couple of you out, though. So let's go to Mary. The angel Gabriel appears to Mary, and he says, Mary, you have found favor in the eyes of the who is Mary? She's about a 14 to 15 year old young lady. It's what the Bible theologian said. That, that has lived for the Lord. Listen, you don't find favor in God's eyes unless you're living for the Lord. There's a lifestyle that has to back up God's anointing. Come on. You say, well, pastor, does, do I, does my, or if you're a Christian... You have an anointing on your life. How many of us know that if you're a Christian, that you have an angel that walks with you, a guardian angel? The Bible talks about that. Amen. You have angels that walk around. How many 
families know that have children that God puts guardian angels with our children? Come on. So the angel of the Lord is speaking to Mary and he's saying, Mary, you're going to have a child. And he's going to be the son of God. And he's going to be the Messiah. And he's going to be part man and part God. It could happen no other way. See, the people were looking for a Messiah, but they were looking for it in the wrong place. Matter of fact, scripture, Jesus was Jesus of who? Nazareth, right? Remember the words were spoken, can any good thing come from Nazareth? Nazareth wasn't a high end town. Nazareth was kind of a slap, a, a, a slithering, low-life slum of a town. But what did God choose to do? He chose to bring the Messiah of this world from a slum. And he chose to bring the Messiah of the world from a virgin. And he tells her, Mary, you found favor in God's eyes. Blessed and favored are you. And he says, you're going to bear a son. Just like, wait, wait, wait. How am I going to bear a son when I don't know a man? I've never been with a man. He says, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. He's going to overshadow you and you can conceive a son. And his name will be Jesus and he will save his people from their sins. Her reply is, if you go down and read, is let it be done to me as you have said. In other words, what you promised me today, let it be, Lord. Let it be, just as you have said. How many times is God speaking something to us or calling us to do something, and we say, how, God? You know the difference between Mary, Elizabeth, and Zechariah? Zechariah had a horizontal perspective. He could only see what is natural. When our God is a supernatural God, if we don't learn to see with spiritual and supernatural eyes, that's the reason it's said in the book of Revelation, hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. You can't hear what the Spirit, I can't hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church if I don't know the Word of God. If I don't have a communion with God. You say, well, Pastor, what does that mean to us? I'm telling you, turn your TV off. Turn the news off. It's not going to do anything but give you ulcers and make you worry. And open up that book and allow the Spirit of God to speak to you. Allow God to visit you. Allow God to encourage you. You say, well, Pastor, what's going to happen in these last days? The Bible says that the Holy Spirit's going to be poured out upon all flesh. And it also has the same promise that he gave Peter in the New Testament. Upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You say, well, Pastor, what does that mean to me? If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, the gates of hell will not prevail against you. Yeah. You say, well, we ought to be clapping right now. We ought to be thanking God right now. Because the promise is to you that the same promise was to Mary. Mary didn't know how God was going to do it. But she said, God, you just do and a lot of times it's our reaction to God's promise that, that give us the fulfillment and answer to the prayer. Now how many of us have ever been in a situation in our life that seemed hopeless? How many of us have ever had to walk through some stuff that there didn't seem to be a way out, but at the, in the nick of time, God made a way? How many has always got it your way? You know, Burger King used to say, am I right? Burger King used to say, you can have it. That is not true in Burger King's today. You're going to give it the way they give it to you, if you get it. Not being a critical Burger King, I'm just being rude. Burger King's slogan used to be, you can have it your way. When you go to Chick-fil-A today and they serve you, I go by there a couple mornings a week and get me a biscuit on the way to school. 
or get me some type of breakfast snack, as my wife calls it on the way to school. And you know what they always say? They ask for your name. They make it personal. Whose name is, is this order for? And they call me Mr. Reds. And a few of the people already know who I am. I guess I visit, I frequent them so often, they know who I am. And they'll ask me, how am I doing today? You know, and I noticed this a while back, a couple of weeks ago, I had my little badge on with Hoover City Schools, and my, and one of the one of the workers there noticed that I was a school teacher. She says, you teach? I said, yes, ma'am, I do. I teach at River Chase up here, River Connection Center. She says, what you're doing is an admirable thing. You have a blessed day. You know what she did? She made me feel better. Because you know what I was doing that day? Kind of dreading. Yeah, I dread some of y'all's kids. No, I'm joking. <laughs> the bottom line is, is this. We have an opportunity. We're the church of the latter days. We're in the last of the last days. And you said, Pastor, it's Christmas. You're supposed to be giving me some encouraging words. How you react to God's promises affects what God does in your life. I'll say that again. Mary was not only there when the angel Gabriel promised her that she was going to have the Son of God, but Mary was there at the cross when the confirmation and completion of Jesus' work on this earth was happening when he was being crucified. Mary was there when Jesus told his disciples, hey, this is your son, this is your mother. Remember that part? Mary was there at the very birth when the wise men brought gifts to the Lord. She was there and she got to see the fulfillment of it. But she was also there when he went missing. Y'all remember when they go into the temple to pay their taxes? 